everybody and welcome to Weekly Inspiration. And we know that this week, uh, the name of the portion is called Lech Lecha. Uh, there's so much to share and to say about Lech Lecha, so much story. Uh, the word Lech Lecha, if we need to translate the word Lech Lecha, Lech mean go away, Lecha mean for yourself. So basically, Avram, uh, which his name is not being changed yet to Avraham, when told by God that he need to leave. He need to leave the place where he was born, the neighborhood, and he got to go on his way. And by the way, a question to be asked and raised, he already left. So Lelech Lecha came when he initiated to get out from the city where he grew up. Uh, I told you many times the story about Abraham. He was born to a father and grandfather who worship idol, that they were the master worship idol. And worship idol in those days worked pretty well for people because it was kind of, uh, you got to believe in something. People looking for something to believe. And when you create an idol, which is sound weird, and you start believing it, it's kind of everybody win because the idol win, you win, and you got to go home together with, with God in a way. But Abraham or Avram saw that that cannot be the way that the, uh, light, the, the God, the, the, the creator operate. It has to be more to that than just uh, uh, be okay with the concept that there is God of everything or idol for everything. And for that reason, uh, Avram's fight was always about, I have to bring to the mass, to the people, the secret of one God. That was Avram's mission in this world. That's why he's the father of three major religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Okay, Avram is the father of those three religions. I mean, if you look at the Hindu, as much as we love Hindu, and we love Buddhist, and we love all of this, it sounds good, but it's based worship, different type of idol, uh, which is the way that people used to use spirituality uh, in the time of Abraham, not in the time of after Abraham, which is the one God. Now, the whole idea of Lech Lecha, meaning going away, is how you conduct, how you manage yourself in this life. What do you do with yourself? It's not actually the purpose of your life. It's how you conduct, how you operate in this universe to become a better person. You know, today, Deb and me went to our friend, and uh, here's a big operation of a company. And uh, he asked me to look around to see what he think, what I think. It was one gentleman who didn't know who I am. And I asked him for the bathroom. And he was in a bad mood. He said, I don't know where it is. And then the CEO, the manager, hired me to look around. And he told me, what do you think? I said, how is this guy doing? Well, what's going on there? And uh, he said, why are you asking? I said, well... He's, he's very good in what he does, but he's not very good with himself. And he asked me, what do you mean by that? So I tell him. In life, there is two types of win. There is win, like you score more money, uh, got more the result that you're looking for. And then there is another win. The second type of win is a tough one. And nobody knows if you did it right or wrong. Is how did you overcome a certain part of your personality. And that's that win is not the easy win. 
And if we look at the portion, that's really what all the portion is about. The portion has been told by God, Lech Lecha, go away for yourself. Meaning, you're going to go away. Now, if God will tell Abraham where he need to arrive to, it will be easier. Everybody agree it will be easier. But there is no reward in every step that you're doing. Because if God tell you, just get out of where you are and go to the place I'm going to show you later. You don't know where you're going. So every step that you are walking, every step that you are going, in a way, you are on a path of spirituality. Because in spirituality, there is two levels. There is people who are looking for the purpose. What's the purpose of life? And there is people that their search for the purpose of life become their purpose. I'm not talking about people who just enjoy looking for the answer and they hope they will never find it. I'm not talking about this type of behavior because some people just enjoy shopping around spirituality. They go to that guru, to that teacher, to this teacher. To this. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about really people who are really looking for the path. And even if they don't find the final things that they're looking for, they still conduct themselves, operate themselves as if they found it. Because every minute of the way, uh, uh, it's your practice of your purpose. And another example, in the same place where I went to see people today for a few hours, was a gentleman. And that gentleman, very simple man, and we have a small talk. I said, do you believe in something? you have a religion, spirituality, something? He said, well, I believe, but I don't have time to practice. I'm, I'm working so hard. He said, well, you work. That's spirituality. That's your synagogue. That's your church. That's, that's your mask. Here, yeah, the place of work. And he loved it. I said, when you work with people, that's the pray. The way that Avram is teaching us about this week portion is that each one of us has to start looking at life Stop looking for the goal all the time. Goal is important. If Abraham, if God tell Abraham, I want you to leave Syria and I want you to walk all the way to Jerusalem. So Abraham is only going to get the reward when he arrives to Jerusalem. But if God is not telling Abraham where he wants him to be, then what happened? Every step of the way, it's actually a reward. Just think about it like this because it's tremendous. Now, more than that, Think about it. By the way, those words are not coming from me. I heard it from a great rabbi from Bnei uh, Brak. His name is Rabbi Rosenblum, wonderful man, who, who spoke this week, uh, spoke last year, and I, I love what he had to say. Uh, another thing uh, is the idea of conversation. When people come to Abraham and tell him, Abraham, where are you going? I have no idea. So, so why are you living? You're packing all your luggage and everything, your car. Where are you going? I don't know. I just don't know. And can you imagine how many people make fun of Abraham at that time? That's spirituality too. So the way you operate, the way you conduct yourself, has to be spiritual way. Meaning a little bit belief or more than a little bit of belief and certainty. And on top of it, sometimes you have to walk toward things that you don't know if they're going to get you anywhere. As if you're walking toward your purpose. Because wherever you go, you walk toward your purpose. It was a rabbi by the name of Chafetz Chaim. 
And that rabbi named Chafetz Chaim, he believed that all life is all about not speaking bad about your friend. And when he used to get out of the house to go to pray, one of his students asked him, Rabbi, good morning, where are you going? He said, where I'm going? I don't know. Where I'm trying to get to is to pray 7 a.m. And that's profound. You know, most of us, you know, we have goals, of how much money we need to make, how much weight you need to lose, what you need to date. It's nice, I agree. You gotta put some goals oriented person. But what do you do between the A and B? That, that's also a work. And, and, and I'm not just teaching you, or preaching you, or sharing with you. It's about the weights or about the goal. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you want to enjoy your life while you're doing what you're doing, in between your potential and actual, there is space. That space is where God is. God is talking to you in the beginning. And God is waiting for you in the end. What's between? That's between is when you have self-discovery. And within the self-discovery, it's a moment of truth between you and yourself. It's a moment of truth between you and God. And that's what Avram received as a gift. So for that reason, he had the merit. He had the merit to get out of the place where he was growing up with all the people who worship idols, negative people, selfish people, stealing, murdering, he was able to be pushed out. And if you take the word lech lecha, it's the same way you write in Hebrew, dirt, lech luch. Lech luch means dirt. So I don't remember which rabbi said that, I think the Kosdich rabbi say or the Vizhnitz rabbi, you know, lech luch meaning dirt. So the whole idea with Lech lecha, go away for yourself, get out of the dirt. And let me tell you, it's very difficult sometimes to live a bad habit, or I should call it a hold habit, because hold habit, we don't always think it's a bad habit. And kind of discover or create new habit. Uh, difficult, difficult, because we used to same way. We used the same way of praying, same way of eating, same type of behavior. And every place has its own thing. Every place has its own thing. If you drive in Tennessee, no, no, nobody used the horn. You know, you drive in LA or in New York, and you are in the in the red light uh, uh, for too long. You know, they're gonna remind you. Actually, some people even remind you before it's even changed to green that it's time to come on, move on, and they scream. Uh, uh, I think Tennessee was the only place people actually yeah, they let you be. They know you're doing something important. They know you're doing something important. I'm not saying that way is better or that way is worse. I'm just saying every city have a style. Every city have a style. And we need to understand how sometimes we need to adapt. How sometimes we need to get out of that. It's, it's not going to happen. So when you have expectation of life going to happen to you, you might be Good things to happen, but they're not happening. So let's dig a little bit deep into the concept of Lech Lecha. And I'm going to go to different rabbis, different people who speak about this portion. So I'm going to start with one of my favorite. Uh, the rabbi, his name is Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Berdichov, in his book called Kedushat Alevi. So I'm not reading from any page. I'm just taking one concept that he say. And what Kedushat Alevi said, God telling him, 
get out of the land, and then a blessing will find you. But the way that you write, and a blessing will find you, he used the word ve'aya. Ve'aya is vav, a, yud, and a. Similar to the name of God, because the name of God is first yud, then a, then vav, then a. But here it starts with vav and a. Those of you familiar with the tachigameter, the vav and a is the lower letter. Meaning, telling you, if you want to see a blessing, if you want to see a blessing, you have to start from below. But what does that mean to start from below? What does that mean to start from below? We need to explain. To start from below meaning you have to do some action. You have to make a move. And to make a move, meaning if you don't initiate something of spirituality, don't expect the fulfillment to be that great. Because fulfillment can only come to a place where there is a room. So, for example, uh, this gentleman came to see me, he wanted to find a beautiful woman. She has to be young and sexy. That's what he say. I look at him, and I said, what about you? And he said, what about me? I said, are you, are you about to become sexy soon? Are you about uh, to be young soon? What about you? And he starts smiling. I said, why are you smiling? He said, I never thought about it this way. I said, well... If you don't create the infrastructure for what you wish, what you wish is there. God want to give it to you. But where are we going to put it, sir? It's like somebody delivered furniture. Where do you want it? If you don't have a room for things, thing, as Dushad Levi explained to you, it's not going to happen. So Avram has to make the first move before God spoke to him about leaving his city. He has to make the first move. What was his first move? To rebel. To rebel against the rules of spirituality in those days. Why you need to rebel? Because sometimes spiritual people or religious people, nobody asks them any question. They tell you that's true, you have to accept that that's true. But sometimes it's not true. And that's why you look at the Talmud, there's fighting all the time. One rabbi say this opinion, another rabbi say opinion, they start fighting. Then this rabbi bring another two, his rabbi bring another two, and they continue fighting, fighting, fighting. Pages of pages of Talmud about what to do if you find seven gold coin in the yard, who is it belong to? An argument. Pages of argument, who's right? What to do? Is this seven coin? Is it a public domain so you can have it? Or this seven coin is belong to you? What if the seven coin are not together? They are all over the place. You're allowed to pick it up, you're not allowed to pick it up. There's so many rules. But that type of argument create the infrastructure for what we call halakha, what we call the laws or the Jewish law after that. So you have debate that started 2,000 years ago. Then that debate continued 200 years after that. Can you imagine 200 years of debate? And from that, give birth to what's the right thing to do. You cannot just say, I want to rebel that. No. The rebel, you have to rebel something that doesn't serve the connection between human beings and the creator. That's you can rebel against. Avram was born in a time when people were not looking for one God. They were looking for any God. Avram discovered the concept of one God. When he discovered that, then of course God will reveal to him and say, Avraham, it's time for you to be the leader that passed the message. And that's why he had the merit to heard the word Lech Lecha. 
So if you want to hear the word Lech Lecha, you and me, then we need to understand and ask ourselves, how are we conducting ourselves in this universe? Are we operating in this universe? Are you wake up in the morning and say, I got to talk to my neighbor about spirituality. I got to talk to my, my friend about spirituality. Why? Not because of them, because I got to do more. I got to do more. It's not about them. It's about me. I got to do more. I got to give more. This uh, Sabbath, uh, we just moved to a new place. So I had to go pray in the shul. I don't know anybody here. So I'm a little nervous. You know, I don't know what to do, where to go. So I said, okay. Usually I wear white on Shabbat. I said, I'm going to wear a suit just to be belong to the neighborhood, to the community. And well, a, a light suit so it will not be dark, like Rabbi Eyes Gloria teach. And I went to the shul. I went to the synagogue to pray. I sat aside. It's okay. Nobody knows me here. It's actually good. I can read my books. And in the same time, you know, I dress as much as I can dress like them. I start praying. All of a sudden, a man, a tall man with a, I don't know if you know what streamer is, like the old thing on the head and the clothes, come to say hello to me. Say hi. And I say the whole community is looking. That's the rabbi of the of the place. He get out of his seat, coming all the way to me, to see that I'm okay and everything is okay. Then other people start coming. And I said, this is very nice, I have to say. This is very nice. People come on the way. Then I go to the other place. They do the same. Then the other neighbor invite me for lunch. This is, wow. I was like, I'm so blessed that I moved to a neighborhood that people come out of the way because there's nothing more powerful than a mitzvah of opening your doors for others and helping others to be welcome. Because I was nervous, but I didn't show it on my face. New place, new idea. And what we learn from, from this section is you got to build the infrastructure if you want the fulfillment. If you want more people in your shul to come and pray, act with love. What's your infrastructure look like? Do not expect things to happen without you build something for it. You want more money. Do you have a room where to put the money? Do you have something that you're selling? And is what you're selling is good? All of those things is, has to do with infrastructure. So Dushadadavid teach us, don't wait for God to knock on your door and tell you, here's your soulmate, here's your money, here's your life. What are you doing? You got to do something. You got to do something. And he take it actually from Perkei uh, Avot, from Perkavot uh, is a book that's called um, Ethics of the Father. It's a Mishnah. And it's written 2,000 years ago. And the verse there is say, uh, It's not up to you to finish the job. It's up to you to start the job. You start the job? Don't worry. God will take care of it. But if you don't start anything, then nothing to ignite from your point of view. Don't expect fulfillment to come. And if fulfillment will come, it actually will work against you. All right. Continue with Gushad Alavi. And he say, how you conduct your spirituality. How you operate your spirituality. And that's what he write. Say, when you become spiritual, there is two types of spirituality. One called Mesirut Nefesh. Okay? Sacrifice of yourself, sacrifice of your identity, everything about you, the way you worship the Creator. And second way is to do good deed and to do wonderful thing toward the creator, toward yourself, and toward other. And he explained the Kedushat Alvi, the Berdichov explained, one is working from something, and one is working from 
Nothing. And I need to expand it. What does it mean? One word from something, one word from nothing. When you are doing Mesirut Nefesh, meaning sacrifice of your self, of your identity, of your soul, what does Mesirut Nefesh really mean? And if you translate to English, it means self-sacrifice. But it's still not clear what mean self-sacrifice mean. When we worship the Creator, when we work with the Creator, is your goal to squeeze what we call the Creator as much as we can so we get what we wish to get? Or we want to cancel ourselves so much so we can be part of the Creator? You know, one of the Kabbalists used to say, how do you know that the tea is sweet? So you no longer see the sugar. Once the sugar melts, the tea is sweet. Meaning when you have self-sacrifice of yourself and nobody can see the sugar, meaning nobody can see your soul, nobody can see your body, you cancel your identity, you cancel your ego, you become part of the tea. To become part of the creator, it's called self-sacrifice. So that's one way to worship the creator. That's one way to connect to God. And it's, it's the ultimate way. Of course, that's what Avram reached. Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and so and so. The other way is I'm going to do good things. I'm going to give charity. I'm going to help people. I'm going to feed the poor. Uh, I'm going to pray uh, to, to God. All of those things are wonderful things. Nothing wrong with that. But it's all the self-sacrifice because I do my duty. I do my duty. I do. I, I, I give charity. I have to. I give tithing. I have to. I have to give. God commanded me to do it, so I'm doing it. That's a wonderful thing. That's better than not giving. But it's not self-sacrifice. And for that reason, if you look at the portion, there is Malki Tzedek. There is one of the famous person, and everybody asks who he was. Who is this Malki Tzedek? I'm not going to go into the details today. Malki Tzedek, he was a Kohen, he was a priest. Okay, who, who, When Avram won the war, he came to him with a lot of gift. And Avram said, I don't want nothing from you beside the food for the Na'arim, for the, for the boys. And what does that mean? Malkitzadeh worship God in a beautiful way. Give charity, help others, generosity, don't be jealous, don't get angry. It's all good. But it's not the level of self-sacrifice. Because the purpose of self-sacrifice is to cancel who you are. And that's my friend, it's not for everybody. You got to be a fit for that. You know, I, I see some people who get insulted and they get angry, they get upset. Uh, and why they get upset? Because they didn't get what they want. But when a person works on themselves to become one with God, What happened? When bad happened, it's the same as good happened. No different. Because you know it's one of the plan of God. If God thinks it's time to cancel my ego and identity, I'm very happy for God. I'm not happy for me, I'm happy for God. The goal is not me. The goal is God's purpose. And, I, and I'm sharing it with you not because I want you to do that or even try. 
But it's good to think that there is a higher level than just be a perfect spiritual person. You can be a perfect spiritual person, but you're not going to achieve Abraham or Isaac or Jacob because they were a little bit more than perfect. What is more than perfect? Cancel me. There's no me. And to get to that level, you got to serve. Uh, if you're lucky, you got to serve a person who's spiritual. In, in uh, Hindu or Buddhist, there's always the guru. You serve the guru. But sometimes if the guru is wrong, then the guru took advantage of you. Then what do you do then? Well, if you work on self-sacrifice, it doesn't matter if the guru is bad or good. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I remember they asked me one time, I had many teachers in my life, and they asked me one time, said, Eliyahu, how do you know? You surf with so much happiness, so much surf, so on. I said, why do I need to know? Why do I need to know? Well, how do you know it's bad or good? I said, I don't. But I know God. And before I do anything, I say, God, I'm about to do that. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong. I really don't. I don't know anything. But if that serves the purpose of God, that my leader will be a bad leader, that's what I need to go through right now. Jacob did the same with Lavan. Lavan was very bad to Jacob. Jacob had to be there. Joseph had to be in Egypt. Sometimes you have to be in certain places. And that's how you work with God. Most of the things happened in my life, in David's life. We have no clue how it happened. The blessing that we have, we don't do a lot for that blessing. God gives us way more than what we give to the world and what we give to people. Way more, way more. And this Shabbat, my son heard me speaking to myself. And I said, I'm just worried. I talked to God. I said, God, you know, I know you have the upper world and this world. I hope. We don't borrow too much from the upper world into this world. And then, well, what's going to wait for me up there? I'm nervous. You know? i tell you a story. Two stories I'm going to tell you. How, how it worked. Uh, many years ago, I didn't have a penny in my pocket. And I want to buy Debbie jewelry. And I don't have money. And uh, one of my students looking at me. She just came with me to help me choose what Debbie going to like. And the size and everything. So I buy this jewelry, and uh, uh, I took the price, and I said, let me go home and bring the money back, and I pay you in, uh, in uh, five days, I will have money. The gentleman looked at me, I said, no, you take it, and you pay me when you can. I said, no, I cannot do that. I said, no, you, that's what I want you to do. I'm the owner. You take it, take it to your wife, and don't worry about it. Now, that happened to me more than one time. It happened to me with a car. <laughs> I don't I don't have the checkbook. I don't have the thing. The guy gave me a car. I said, Eliyahu, take it. And, and give me the check later. Those things are good, right? So if negative things happen to me, and many times negative things happen to me, it's good too. It's, it's both good. We need to get to this level. I was arrested, most of you know, in a prison, in Argentinian prison. As, as the main terrorist that blew the embassy. So I was the main suspicion was over the news when I was very young. And they put me in prison and I had, had three other people with me. And uh, that thought I'm crazy because I tell them that whatever happened to us, just repeat the mantra after me. Whatever happened to us right now is the best thing that ever happened to us. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I said, yeah, I know I'm crazy, but please say it. And it was the best thing after that. We become the most famous people, we spread wisdom, and it was amazing. 
God know what he's doing. Sometimes we are not open to operate, to conduct ourselves in a way of what God wish. And I know I fell many, many times. I'm falling, not fell. I'm still falling. Uh, with all kind of doubts, uncertainty, negativity. And it's not that I'm not catching it before and after. But when I fall, I said, God, I just fell. And please give me more power the next time. I really want to do it right. And when you talk like this, God will not forget about you. He will give you the power to overcome whatever you need to overcome. If you overcome doubts, it's not because you're great. It's because God gave you enough power to overcome the doubts. That's how Avram is to operate. He gave everything to God. He was putting himself into the pit of fire for, the, for what he believed. And then he came alive. And that's, that's the operation. So continue with that concept. I'm going to one of the rabbis named Rabbeinu Bechai. You don't have to memorize that as well. If you want to know Rabbeinu Bechai, page 72 on Porsche Lech Lecha. So he said, what is the idea of leaving a place and go from one place to another? Why? Why is God doing it to Avram? After all, Avram is a good man. Avram is a good man. You know, you should do good things for Avram. But look at, at what he said. So beautiful. He said, think about it that Avram got it. He got it. He got it. He got it how to conduct humanity in spiritual path, how to operate, how to do it right. He got it. And because he got it, he was like a walking perfume. Wherever he go, the perfume go there. And he say, say, when you walk to a room full of perfume, even if you don't buy anything, you live with some smell on you. You can't help it. Why? Because spirituality, real spirituality, not people say, ah, I'm working being spiritual. Spirituality is all day long. It's not, it's not how you pray, how you speak. It's all day long. You, you, you're living it. It's there. It's when you fall down, when you rise up, when you're doing well, when you're doing terrible. It's all day long. It's, it's there. It's in front of your eyes. It's tough. Not easy. It's the way you drive. It's the way you walk. Is Sometimes you drive bad. You say, ah, I should be better, better nice to people. And I'm not nice today. That's good. That's spirituality too. You recognize it. That's good. Don't hate yourself. When you fall, but you recognize it, it's spirituality. That's spirituality. So you say, the whole idea of Abraham, when God tell him, leave that place, it was the gift of Abraham got it. But if he will stay there, he will go down because you are as good as your neighborhood is. Your neighborhood affecting your spirituality. And for that reason, the way you conduct yourself, the way you operate, the way you grow, the way you rise about negativity has to do with your people around you. People around you. If you have people around you are negative, I'm sorry, I don't care how positive you are, you're going to fall apart. Because they're going to affect you. And for that reason, King David said in the book of Psalm, you know, he started the first section in the book of Psalm. What does it say? Ashreaish. Good for the person who didn't walk in a path of wicked people and he didn't sit with clown who always laughing and make fun of other people and for that reason King David said and, and his son King Solomon continue is there is few people you, you try not to even 
work with. One is ksilim, meaning stupid, but we don't talk about stupid math stupid or school stupid. Stupid in the way of spirituality. Letzim, letzim meaning clown. Vereshayim and wicked. And King Solomon even make it stronger. He say, do not even try to change them. So when you are leaving a place to conduct, to operate, to, to grow into your spirituality, you need to remember, you can't change those three categories of people because if you're going to try to change them, their negativity will affect you as well. So what are you going to do? You're going to be spiritual. You're going to do the best you can and then offer something. And if it doesn't work, back off. Don't get angry. Sometimes me, I'm, I'm not yet good in that thing. I'm teaching it, but I'm, I have to admit I'm not good yet. yet. Sometimes when people bother me to be a certain way, and I, I, for me, it bothers me. I go and I tell them, hey, excuse me. And, and I'm teaching it, and I'm saying, Eliyahu, you see it here. It's written. Do not bother. There's no, no point because it's going to affect you. I still know that. I'll be honest. I have to admit, I, they, 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 it bothered me. It bothered me that I remember I see uh, couples fighting and the stroller was in the street. They, they, I, I, not to get involved, okay? Um, I couldn't. I came back and said, excuse me, what's going on here? The baby. It's not your business. I said, yeah, I know, but I, I can't. Put the baby in the sidewalk. Please, do something. So always my family tell me, can you please stop? Or... Uh, it, it's a something that I have to work on, I know. King David and King Solomon say, don't get involved with people who are not open to listen. The Talmud even mentioned it. Talmud said the same thing. It's good to say spiritual things to people who listen to you. It's the same thing not to speak to people who will not listen to you. The Talmud say it. It's not allowed to do that. I'm, I have to admit, I'm still doing it, but the lesson is still for Rambedo Bachia to teach us, if your surrounding, the people with you, are not good, get out. You gotta get out of that. Now you have to have the merit to get out, because sometimes you're not doing well. So how, if you stuck in a certain situation, and you cannot conduct, you cannot grow into your spiritual place where you want to be, don't blame them. Don't blame yourself. Just realize that you're there, either for a reason, or either for a punishment. Or either you have to do something to get out of there. You gotta come up with something. I have to leave. And sometimes when you leave, you're not gonna leave with the good stuff because sometimes you live in a good neighborhood, the people are wicked and negative and a clown and, and not spiritually developed themselves at all. But you have a lot of benefit. Money is good, these are good. So a lot of people don't wanna leave that neighborhood. For that reason, they get stuck there. But they get stuck there because that's the punishment, because they're looking for the physical thing. But if you're willing to jump out of all the gift that that negative environment giving you, and you're willing to jump out like Avram did, and my friend, what's waiting for you? Woo! It's so much more. It's so much more. But we cannot promise you so much more because then you will live for that reason. So it's again, you're living for that selfish reason. For that reason, Avram would never told what he's going to get or where he's going to go. So every step of the way, we, he doesn't know what's going to happen. That's his benefit. The benefit is when you don't know. When you know, what's the benefit in it? I'm telling you, hey, listen, move from Malay and you're going to uh, move to Idaho. Boise, Boise, Idaho. Everybody moving there right now. You move there and there is a treasure of gold for $35 million. Of course you're going to move. Big deal. Woo! Should I clap the hand for you? No. 
You knew what waiting for you. But if I tell you go to Idaho, I don't know which city, I don't know the name, I don't know nothing about it. You're gonna find the gold mine there. Good luck. Maybe 70 years, maybe next lifetime. Not fun. But on the way there, every step that you go in there, it's your spirituality. It's how you conduct yourself as you go into a direction that you don't know where it's taking you. We continue. Same subject. Same subject. Today we're doing same subject, different people. Yeah. The Ari said, Rabbi Isaac Loya, is teaching us that the whole concept of going from one place to another, it's not even physical. <laughs> Dari took it to a whole new level. And he say, there is two levels of spirituality. There is spirituality low level, it's called Rachel. And there is spirituality high level called Leah. For that reason, Jacob married two women. Sister, actually. Twin sister, if I'm not mistaken. And Rachel, basically, is considered the lower level. For that reason, she's not buried next to Jacob. After he changes them to Israel, he's now with Leah. And that's how Leah is buried next to him. Rachel died before that, and she buried in different place, alone. And what does that mean spiritually for us? You have to look for elevation. Your spiritual elevation has to be all the time. What can I do now more than I did yesterday? Can I give more time? Can I give more physical things? If it's money, clothes, food, whatever, etc. Can I give more compliment? Can I be a little bit nicer? Can I be more forgiving? Can I get less angry? You know, when you start to operate like that, you're climbing from one place called Rachel, which is Malchut, to a level of Leah, which is the level of Bina. You need to look for it, say Dari, in every time that you're doing something. Because climbing is going to make you find your true potential. And your true potential will be fulfill whatever was yours to begin with. Because if you're not making a move on your own, don't expect, don't expect that something uh, in your life uh, will happen. And I would like, I would like to bring, I would like to bring from the Zohar, The Zohar in verse 58 also talk about how you conduct yourself with your relationship. Can you imagine? So verse 58 in the Sulam, Rav Ashlag. And it say, what does that mean that Avram took his wife Sarah, Sarai? What does that mean that he took Sarai? And he put her on a wagon and he tie her up and he said, come. No. Tell us the Zohar. He spoke nice to her. A lot of husbands will hate me for that. A man is not allowed to take his wife to go to another land or another country without her permission. Can you imagine? So a lot of time when, when a husband 
complain, oh, my wife said, moving to another apartment, oh, what do you want? No, no, no. It is true. It is true. Abraham knew it. Rabbi Shimon Barakai knew it. And Ravash like is writing it. Here. And no reshoot. You know, permission. And I'm sorry for all the husband who hear me. Not allowed to take your wife without her permission. So you have to speak nice. You have to start with a joke, with a nice story. Men have to think, eh, she's my wife. Whatever I tell her she needs to do, no. If they appreciate, if you ask her for coffee and she make it, say thank you. Say thank you. What about the wife? Of course, both sides. Of course, both sides. But of course, the woman is more fragile. So you have to be more considered. That's what makes you a gentleman. That's what makes you spiritual too. Because in your marriage or in your relationship, it's not how you behave so she see you, how you behave when he see you. No, it's internally. Why you do what you do? You want them to come with you. So you have to say, honey, that's the situation. That's what's going on. I remember at one point of my life, I had to make a very important decision. And I went to my wife. I said, listen, I'm about to talk to you about something a little bit crazy. And I understand if you're not up for it. But let's sit down. And I remember even where it was. It was in, uh, on uh, uh, Burton Way and Duhini. So we're sitting there for cafe, for coffee. And I sit with her and say, honey, this is what I'm planning. Uh, it might be too much. So let me know, are you up for it? Or we can put it on hold and wait, it's not a problem. And I was lucky enough, she said, no, I'm totally up for it. And I totally understand it. And you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta talk like this, you gotta talk. And what he told her was like this. He told her, say the Zohar, there is so much evil in our neighborhood, so much negativity. And I want some spirituality for our life. We cannot be spiritual here. So that's what we have to live. And then when he told her that he took also Lot. Lot was his nephew. His father named Aram. Aram was the one who had doubts about Avram. So he was sitting there eating his popcorn, right? And say if Avram get out of the fire pit alive, because Nimrod threw him inside, then I will believe in Avram. If he's dying, then I know what Avram told about one God. I'm not going to believe in it. Well, Avram came out alive. And then the servant of Nimrod pushed Aaron there to kill him. He was born. No coincidence, Aaron and Aaron, same name. Because the reincarnation of Aaron was Aaron. Same thing. With the eagle, the golden calf, the, you know. It's amazing. Just I can talk about it hours. So, so he bought Lot. Why? Because from Lot, who came from Lot? King David, the Messiah, came from Lot. So he said, even Lot is a bit negative. I need him to be next to me so I can inject more negative positivity. Yeah. And then what they were doing, Sarah and Abraham, they're converting people to the one God. That's what they were doing, days and nights. Now, last conduct concept. Yeah, that I want to share with you. It might be a little bit longer. I will do the best I can to make it short. 
It's a, it's a section that most people, when they get married, they're reading it. And it's in Lech Lecha. Why it's in Lech Lecha? Because it's how you conduct your relationship. Everything is. So this section is in 346. All the souls that come into the world, they are all standing in front of God as soulmate. And each soul as male and female. And God will say who is going to who. Who is going to be with you. Now. Why is God. They asked Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi asked. Why God has to announce this one for this one. Why? Why? I mean. In different opinions said. When a human is born. The soulmate is waiting for him. So there is. There is. A, not an argument. But different opinions. And he continued. Before the soul comes into the body, before they dress into the body, the soul has to go first to the me messenger, to the angels. And that angel, his name is Lila. That's the name of the angel. And when they give it to Lila, then Lila divide one soul, the female go to one body, the male go to another body. That's the job of this angel. That's all what he does. And when time for them to meet each other, he had them connect like they were before. And then he announced this one for this one, this one for this one. And then they become one body and one soul again. Very simple. One is right column, one is left column. The male is the right column, the woman is the, the uh, left column. So they become as they used to be in heaven. But, so there is a question in verse 351. We learn in a different place that you only get to meet your soulmate if you have married. So if you don't need the merit, and it just happened by itself, why do you need the merit? And he continues, it is true as well. If the person has merit, if the male, is talking about the man, has merit, he gets his female that belongs to him. So, is it happened? Or you need to make some action, thought, and talk. Well, you need to do action, thought, and talk. For that reason, it's written in the Talmud. It's good for you to sell all your merchandise, whatever you have in your life, and to marry a woman whose father is spiritual. That's how you know the woman. A father has to be spiritual. If a father is spiritual, this woman has within her all the light you need. Why? Because God usually give good women into the hand of person who study spirituality. Study and teach spirituality. What we call in Hebrew, Chacham. Talmit Chacham. Wise. But it's not like Chacham. Like wise, it's more like spiritual wise. And the Zohar continued. The Zohar doesn't want to live it alone. 353. We study all the soul Come in reincarnation. 
Can you believe it? Wow. Let's continue deeper. Like it's in portion of Mishpatim. Sometimes he's saying that's a tough part, guys. Get ready. Sometimes, with mercy, there is a way that a man will take a woman of another man. Which is tough. Meaning, the man arrived and met this woman first before a real soulmate better, they might will be together. What's going on here? So the Zohar said, sometimes the one who reincarnates, that doesn't have a soulmate, because some men don't have a soulmate. I cannot go into details, it's kind of long, it's called Achoraim, not going to go into it. He doesn't have soulmate. And then he takes a soulmate of somebody else. And that's why it's very difficult for God. God, it say, it's written that to put two people together is hard for God as the splitting of the Red Sea. What is the connection between the splitting of the Red Sea and soulmate? Splitting of the Red Sea was very difficult for God because he had to mix mercy and judgment. The mercy, so the Israelites can go alive out of slavery. The judgment, that the Egyptian who chasing them will die. God doesn't like to kill people. He wants everybody to stay alive and make it. That was very difficult to mix mercy and judgment in the same area. So he continued. So sometimes they take a soul, a person, a woman, a female, not belong to them. But if the real soul made man change, now this woman has to go back to her soul. So divorce has to be a place. And that's one of the most difficult in the eyes of God to do to a human being. To take a woman from this man, move it to another man. But we need to say, say the Zohar, that everything is for the good if you look at the whole, the whole, the whole picture. What do you need to do about this information? It's tough. It's great fear, panic. What do you need to do? What make you stay with the person you love and like? I mean, there's nothing more nightmare than whatever you love will be taken away from you. There's all teach. that when you practice your spirituality, when you practice your study, like we're doing now, make sure that the study is not just to educate your, your intellectual brain or your soul. Make sure that the study is taken care of cleaning yourself so you will have the merit to meet your potential. That's Lech Lecha. Gotta go, Lech Lecha, go out for you. Do spirituality for you. You don't do it for others or for God. Divorce 
I think the only religion that divorces a mitzvah is a good thing is Judaism. Why divorce is so important? That in the wedding night, in the chuppah, you sign a contract, ketubah it's called, that you promise that if two of you get divorced, that's the money you're going to pay. Can you imagine? That's, that's a Jewish wedding. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Most people don't know Aramek or Hebrew, so nobody even know what the rabbi is reading. But if you understand what he's reading, you will be shocked. You're actually reading an old document that you're signing on, by the way. Before the wedding weekend, you have to sign on it. Otherwise, no wedding. Wedding will not take place if you don't sign it. And it's a paper. Paper that you're signing in, and you have to carry that paper for the rest of your life. And on this paper, say, if I decide to divorce this woman, that's how I'm going to pay her. Why you put the divorce paper right away there? Simply because you have to appreciate. If you believe you marry a soulmate, the one you love, the one you like, pray to God in the night of your wedding that you don't want somebody to wake up tomorrow morning and just take your woman away. But then can you pray for that? What if he's the real soulmate? It's one of the toughest things. That's why the Zohar says it's the toughest thing for God. The toughest thing for God. Because do you go after the truth? Or are you going to go after the mercy? So if you go deeper, but when we get to Mishpatim, in a few months, in the book of Mishpatim and Zohar Mishpatim, they write what's going to happen. If the real soulmate wake up spiritually, because all it depends on spirituality, then the man who's married to her has to divorce her. If he doesn't want to get divorced, he might die. And for that reason, in Judaism, it's a mitzvah to get divorced. It's not a sin. Because the woman asks for a man to get divorced, the man has to say yes. I know I know it's kind of not today lecture for the men today. It's kind of rough on us. Yeah, because if you go on the Jewish law, it's protecting the woman most of the time, not the men. It's kind of seem unfair. Seem, on the outside look very chauvinistic religion but when you go de deep into the details it's not it's how to protect the female how to protect the woman and it's uh, something which is if you look at the big picture it's fair because the big picture you gotta do what's good for the creator so I just hope for all of us to kind of conduct ourselves to wave we go spiritually, we have to do more. We have to do the lech lecha, the personal lech lecha that we have to do. Because if we don't look to do more, then unfortunately, uh, we, we, we're stuck. And we don't want to be stuck. Not, not right now. Not especially before October 18, when all the planets go back to normal after two and a half years. Saturn has already went back to normal. Jupiter soon. Mercury soon. It didn't happen since two years and two months ago. It, it, something's going on in the world right now. So please work on your spirituality and and find find the path. Thank you very much and see you next week. Mm -hmm.